Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. I'm Davey Barris, a lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and while there's no games to talk about, the Guardians have actually given us some off-the-field news to talk about this offseason. It seemed like everything was quiet for a while. I know you were probably expecting me to do an episode after the Rule 5 draft and uh, after Austin Hedges got signed, but, uh, you know, uh, life, uh, life's been busy. So uh, I got the time this morning to sit down and talk with you, and I figured pulling off a trade for an outfielder was probably a big enough move that uh, it was time to jump back on the microphone and talk some Cleveland Guardians with the morning people. So we're going to get into it. We're going to talk about everything that's happened since the last time we talked, which I believe was the Guardians getting the number one pick in the draft. That was the last time we talked. So since then, I mean, did you get everything you wish you asked Santa for for Christmas? Because apparently Chris Antonetti did not. And uh, he decided on December 26th, well, while some of us were at Target or Home Depot or wherever getting those uh, after Christmas sale prices, right, that discounted uh, Christmas candy uh, at the drugstore, Chris Antonetti was out making a trade for an outfielder. So clearly he did not get everything that he had asked for this offseason. So, I, it's, I mean, it's, a, it's an interesting trade. It's an interesting trade. We get Estevan Floreal, uh, Floreal? from the uh, New York Yankees in exchange for Cody Morris, the right-handed pitcher. Uh, it's, it's it's a very interesting trick because Floreal was someone who at one point was the number one prospect in the Yankee system. I believe back in 2019, he was the number one prospect in your system. And I, I tell you that, and you'd be like, wow, okay, hey, a number one prospect. That, that's a pretty good haul for Cody Morris. Well, that was in 2019. Unfortunately, he had different injuries. He, he lost a lot of time. And he started slipping down those prospect rankings. And he's tasted the major leagues. I mean, his first taste was in 2020. His first home run, coincidentally, was off uh, Enel De Los Santos when he was still pitching for Philly. Uh, I don't know. I thought that was a weird coincidence. And, uh, yeah, they, they didn't use him last year. So here's the weird thing about Floreal. They, they ran out of options. They had to put him on the roster for 2023. In April, they decide, okay, this isn't working. we got to send him back down or we need the roster spot. So they have to pass him through waivers. Every team in Major League Baseball has a chance to claim the guy and steal him from the Yankees, and nobody does. Nobody wanted him. So Florial ends up back in AAA and has a pretty good AAA season like Basically, all the scouting reports were and all, everything I was reading on this guy was like he figured out AAA. He figured out how to handle AAA. He had a 944 OPS in AAA this year. He hit uh, 28 home runs in AAA and had uh, 79 RBIs and 25 stolen bases, but still struck out a lot. 29.9% strikeout rate is pretty darn high. Now, he also had a 13.7% walk rate, which means his on-base percentage is very respectable. 380 on-base percentage last year at AAA. This is by far the best season. Uh, I feel like this might be the best minor league season he's had uh, last year. So, figured things out at the AAA level. Uh, in interviews, I think his AAA coaches were you know, talking about how he was really figuring things out. He was staying longer through the zone. He was using his power to pull the ball. This guy is a power hitter. 
It's what you wanted. You wanted an outfield power hitter. It's what we all have been asking the Guardians to do. Now, now it is, I mean, a little bit of damaged goods because it's a prospect that has struggled, has struggled to break through at the majors. I'm, I'm guessing the Yankees aren't the easiest team to break through, but, you know, they did have Jake Bowers out there in the outfield last year. And this guy still couldn't break through. So there's a lot of Guardians people out there that are looking pretty negatively on this trade. Going Florio's damaged goods. And, uh, you know, he didn't make it. He couldn't make it with the Yankees. So why do we think he can make it with us? And then there's other people saying that, you know, this guy has power. And this guy has 30-30 potential. 30 home runs and 30 stolen bases. He's got a cannon of an arm in the outfield and can play all three outfield positions. So you can't envision a world where this guy... This guy could turn into a star. It could be a situation where the Yankees in a few years are seriously regretting giving up on Florial, and we have a star outfielder for a few seasons here in Cleveland. I mean, uh, look what's going on with Yandy Diaz down in Tampa Bay, right? Could it be that situation? Could we have our version of Yandy Diaz here? Now, losing Cody Morris does hurt because Cody Morris is someone who came with a lot of promise, but also someone who couldn't really make it work at the major league level, who has also dealt with a lot of injuries lately. And Cody Morris hasn't lived up to his promise, really. So could it work for the Yankees? Could they turn Cody Morris into what we turned Trevor Steffen into? A really reliable pitcher. They're probably going to use him in, in a similar role. Um, this trade probably doesn't happen without the Juan Soto trade. Because the Yankees gave up a lot of upper-level pitching in the Juan Soto trade. So they did need some pitching depth. So they they probably aren't looking at Cody Morris uh, without that trade. And, you know, they brought over outfielders in that trade with San Diego. So it meant that Florial again, had somebody blocking his path. So it's kind of crazy that, you know, this trade doesn't happen without that Juan Soto trade for the Guardians. And that's that's the way it works in baseball sometimes. That's that's why usually this offseason is so stalled waiting for those big names to fall. Because it does have, you know, domino effects down the line. So, uh, Florial, I'm, I'm actually kind of excited about this. I am. I... It's someone who defensively can can push Miles Straw right out of center field. And yes, there, there are going to be a lot of strikeouts. There are. There are. I, the other interesting side of this is that they claimed Oscar Gonzalez earlier this offseason off waivers from us. So basically, we've swapped project outfielders with a lot of power. They get Oscar Gonzalez. We get Esteban Floreal. And I, their numbers are pretty similar. Florial had slightly better AAA numbers. Uh, Gonzalez had a little bit more major league experience. Uh, Gonzalez didn't strike out as much as Florial at the AAA level. Gonzalez was only at 22.9% K rate with a 5.2% walk rate. While Florial, like I said, was at 29.9% strikeout, but also walked at 13.7% of the time. So... Yes, there's a lot of swing and miss in this guy, but he had a 944 OPS. Gonzalez only had an 819 OPS. So you are getting someone who might be uh, more offensively accomplished. Uh, he had a, Oscar Gonzalez had a 98 
WRC plus at AAA last year for Cleveland. Florial had a 130 WRC plus weighted runs created. So yeah, uh, above way above average hitter there. Where Gonzalez was actually slightly below average still at the AAA level. So uh, it, I, yeah, I think I'm I think I'm kind of excited for this. And the the other thing, the other domino to this is that the Guardians did sign free agent pitcher Ben Lively from Cincinnati. Some of the Guardians actually drafted way, way back in the day. Um, ben Lively is someone who can start or pitch in relief, and and they signed him to a major league contract. It wasn't even the minor league contract with the invite. It was an actual major league contract. So maybe Ben Lively being here uh, fills that role that Cody Morris was pitching in, where you know someone who could be a middle reliever, a true middle reliever, could go three you know, two, three innings in the middle of a game if you needed them to, to piggyback off someone. Maybe Ben Lively can fill that role in the bullpen. Um, I don't know much about Ben Lively, but I, you know, if the Guardians target a pitcher, you know there's something there they feel they can work with. I read a lot. I read some stuff. I I watched some stuff on Ben Lively about uh, his his pitches and his pitch grips and stuff like that and mechanical things that, people feel like could be fixed by the Cleveland coaching staff to maybe unlock some more potential from Ben Lively there. So yeah, uh, like I said, you, you got to look at all the pieces uh, when these trades go down and look at all the dominoes that have fallen beforehand to kind of set up these trades. Now I, I, I will miss the potential of Cody Morris. I, when Cody Morris was first coming up, we, I thought this guy, you know, was going to be one heck of a starter, and those injuries have really worn on him, and guys have passed him in the system, right? Bybee and Gavin Williams and Logan T. Allen, they, they've all passed him uh, in that starting rotation. So, yeah, Cody Morse's role was going to be unclear here in Cleveland. Um, and it sounds like it's going to be unclear in New York, too, that they might use him in, in long relief as well. So, uh, look, the Guardians... The other move we got to talk about is uh, in the uh, Rule 5 draft, the Guardians selected Davison De Los Santos from the Arizona Diamondbacks. I believe their number six prospect at the time. And this is another guy who is pretty much known for his power. This is a guy who had double A last year, hit 20 home runs, uh, had an OPS of... All right, 729, but he slugged 431. It was the on-base percentage that held down that OPS. The on-base percentage was under 300. It was 297. Didn't walk very much. Only 5.2% walk rate. Um, Did better in 2022 with walking. He was at an 11.1% walk rate, so it fell significantly, and the on-base percentage fell significantly because of that, but the power jumped way up from 2022. So, yeah, uh, he he didn't have much time at AA in 2022. Really got his first full taste of it in 2023. So we just went out and got a A guy. And with the Rule 5 draft, we have to keep him on the Major League roster. The only way he's not on the Major League roster if he's if he's on the IL, which is something teams have done before to hang on to a guy. Anthony Santander, when the Orioles took him from us, he probably legitimately had injuries, but the reason he didn't play that much in the majors the year he was taken is because he was dealing with injuries. So they got to put him, send him through rehab starts and stuff like that. And he ended up with a lot of uh, minor league plate appearances, actually, uh, in that 2018 season. Um, 
uh, I sorry, 2017 season after he was claimed uh, by the uh, by the Orioles. He barely played in 2017. So yeah, so Davidson De Los Santos reminds me of Anthony Santander, and it reminds me of Akil Badu. Both those guys were both taken from high A ball. They didn't even make it to Double A. Uh, Santander didn't make it to Double A with Cleveland, but Dude didn't make it to Double A with Minnesota. But Dude didn't even have that good of a high A season. So I don't know what the Detroit Tigers were thinking taking him. Uh, it's it's strange because uh, you know the Tigers were in a situation where they had absolutely nothing to lose. It was probably a guy they had been tracking for a long time. Hey, he was available. They went and snagged him, and they deal with the consequences later. And they got an okay outfielder out of it, you know, in Badu, right? Um, with Santander, uh, a guy showed a lot of promise, and but the injuries were, and Baltimore at the time had nothing to lose. Uh, they were a terrible team uh, at the late 20 teens. So they take a, a chance, and because of injuries, they were kind of able to slow roll this guy, and they've got themselves one heck of an outfielder here. Uh, someone that we wish we could have back. So uh, Davidson De Los Santos reminds me a lot of those guys. But we're in a situation where we're supposed to be competing for a division. So do we have room on our roster to carry a guy that's mostly played third base and first base? Uh, never made it past double A. Uh, has a pretty high strikeout rate, 26% strikeout rate. Um, do we have room to carry this guy on our major league roster? Uh, yeah, he's mostly played first, third, and DH. Now, we were all thinking Kyle Manzardo would be the first base DH guy, but this guy, in theory, blocks Manzardo. Now, there's a world where all these guys could be here. There's a world where Florial could be starting in center field. They said De Los Santos is going to try the outfield. They said he is willing to try it. So there's there's a world where De Los Santos is starting in left, Quan is starting in center field, and Estevan Florial is starting in right, with Straw and Brennan as your utility outfielders. That's a that's a legitimate world with uh, Naylor at first base and Ramirez at third, and with uh, Manzardo as your DH first base with Naylor. Like there's a world where we break camp with that lineup. With, with that look. Um, and that's going to be a really interesting. That is a lot of risk in your outfield. And, you know, it got me thinking about Antonetti and and the owners, the Dolans, right, and being cheap and stuff like that. And they, they basically told you they're not going to spend a lot of money this offseason. Now, apparently, the stuff with Bally's has been some kind of agreement's been made. Something's been worked out. So the Guardians, in theory, are going to get their Bally's money, which will help. Um, hopefully it'll help them sign some extensions because not only free agents, they gotta, they gotta extend a few guys here. Uh, there's a few guys that, that really, really should be locked up. And, uh, you know, it got me thinking Ant- Antonetti, you know, you remember that time in your life? Remember that time in life where you had to cut some corners financially? I, when I first got back from college, I needed a house and I bought a foreclosure and, you know, put some work into it, put my own Right? Hard work into it. I painted every wall in that house. Parents helped too. Um, We painted every wall in that house. We put it in a new kitchen. We made it a decent home. I ended up flipping it for a decent amount of money when I went to sell it finally. Now, led you in on a little secret. That was at the housing market crash of 2008. I was the only one who actually won that housing market crash because I bought a foreclosure at the perfect time. But I was in a situation where 
I had to take a risk. I had to buy something on the cheap. And I had to put the work into it to fix it up. That's exactly what Antonetti is doing this offseason. Look, he has to take a risk on Davidson De Los Santos. He has to take a risk on Esteban Floreal, on Ben Lively. And he's got to put the work into it. His coaching staff has got to put the work into it to make it work. Maybe, you know, when you were 16, all you could afford was, you know, a a $1,000 car from the, from the, you know, from the used lot. And you had to just hope you could drive that thing for the next 50,000 miles, right? Squeeze as many miles out of it as you could. That's the situation Chris Antonetti is in. It's what we all crush the Dolans for. It's not what we want out of our baseball team. But it's the situation that Antonetti is in this year. Whether it's because the Dolans are cheap or because it's because of the uh, TV contract thing. Again, I thought the minority owner was supposed to solve some of these problems. And I'm still waiting to see how they're going to spend on the players that are currently in the system. Because there there are guys you want to see them lock up. Naylor is one of them. Could they extend Naylor? Tanner Bybee. Could he be in for one of those pre-arbitration extensions? So there's a lot of things they could do with money. Clearly spending it on players that aren't in the system it isn't in the plans. The only person they spent money on was Austin Hedges, which has everybody scratching their head because I think they gave him $4 million. And you're like, why? Why? Austin Hedges was basically a good luck charm on the World Series team last year, World Series winning team last year. Who was out there competing you, you know, in dollars for Austin Hedges? You probably could have signed him to the veterans minimum and uh, got an Austin Hedges. So why they, I, I clearly Austin Hedges agent negotiated one heck of a contract for him. And because of that, they let Christian Bethencourt go to the Miami Marlins for cash. We all thought Christian Bethencourt, who they claimed uh, from Tampa Bay, was going to be the backup catcher. And that was going to be an interesting situation because he's got a heck of an arm and he can hit at times. We all remember the one series that Bethencourt, when he was with Oakland, came here to Cleveland and just crushed for an entire weekend. I'm assuming it was a weekend. I don't know. It could have been a week. Um, And so we were all kind of going on that with Christian Bethencourt going, okay, it's way better than what we had at backup catcher. But, but, uh, you know, a lot of articles have been written lately about how Austin Hedges being back is going to be a benefit for Classe and some of the other pitchers who love throwing to Austin Hedges. Don't be surprised if every time Bieber starts, Austin Hedges is in the starting lineup. Hopefully they can DH uh, Bo Naylor a lot and uh, and use him that way. They still have David Fry as the emergency catcher in theory. Uh, we're all assuming David Fry is going to break with this team, but maybe not. They're going to be running out of roster spots pretty quickly. With uh, Florial and De Los Santos here. So, uh, yeah. So, that's that's how this team is shaping up this offseason. It is going to be a really interesting spring training. There are going to be battles. They're going. I mean, Miles Straw is going to have to play his rear end off if he thinks he's going to walk into 2024 with a starting job. He's going to have to play his butt off in spring training. And even that might not be enough. Because Florial can play that center field. Quan could play that center field if we needed to make room in left field for De Los Santos. Does De Los Santos keep Manzardo off the roster? Do they start Manzardo at AAA, right? That means they don't have to start his rookie clock, right? They could do some manipulation there and save themselves a few bucks down the line if Manzardo is the star power hitter that everybody thinks he's going to be. 
So it's going to be a really, really fascinating spring trading. Overall, I'm not going to say I love the moves, but I will say to Chris Antonetti, I am very interested in these moves. You have definitely piqued my interest by taking someone in the Rule 5 draft. I was excited they took someone in the Rule 5 draft, and I was excited that it's someone with power. Look, everybody they've got in this offseason is someone with power. And that's what we wanted. That's what we were asking for. This team needed, desperately needed power. And with it is going to come strikeouts. Those strikeout numbers for the team will go up. That's just something that comes with power. But God, we needed power on this team. And Florial and De Los Santos could, could be mashers. How Would you love to have 30 home run guys in your corner outfield spots? What if Antonetti did it? What if he pulled it off and did it? And did it. So you definitely piqued my interest, Chris Antonetti, with these trades. All right. Uh, I think let's wrap it up there. I, I, you know, we got to wait and see. We have to wait. I don't think the uh, Guardians, especially with this move, I don't see the Guardians going out and signing uh, uh, someone, a major league outfielder. I don't. I think Florial is the, is the guy. And if it's not Florial, then someone like George Valera or Jonathan Rodriguez is going to have to step up from AAA and um, make a name for themselves here because, oh man, uh, the Guardians are just not going to spend. It, it, they're not going to do it. They're not going to bring in a free agent. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, it's it's very very interesting. All right, that that I think that's all my thoughts. I, I think that's all I got for you this morning. Let's wrap this thing up. Like, Unfortunately, unfortunately, we're left in a huge, huge wait-and-see mode. I, I, you know, I wish it wasn't that case. I wish I could tell you this team is going to roll the American League Central. But we're in one heck of a wait-and-see mode right here because we got to see how these guys kind of shake out. There's a lot to be excited about. Be excited about Estevan Florial. I know Yankees fans are like, thank God it's over. Because they went through with Florial, you know, similar things that we went through with Bradley Zimmer and uh, with Nolan Jones and, you know, guys who had made it to the top of our prospect rankings but just didn't make an impact on our team when they finally got here. Now, I know Nolan Jones is doing great for Colorado, and I know Bradley Zimmer was a huge disappointment, but that's that's the comparison some people are making with the journey that Yankees fans have gone through with Florial. So hopefully what, what the Colorado Rockies got out of Nolan Jones, hopefully we can get that out of Florial. Hopefully that change of scenery actually works for a guy for once, right? So And, and with De Los Santos, hopefully we, we've got what the Orioles got in Anthony Santander. So uh, there's a lot of hope out there. You, you got to keep faith alive if you're a baseball fan, especially in Cleveland. Right, they are not going to hand things to us. They're not going to go out and sign huge free agents. We have got to make it work uh, with our with our starter homes and our budget cars. We've got to make it work. So, I, I am interested. I am excited. Stay excited uh, and be ready for spring training because it is going to be quite the battle. All right, that's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. I'm going to stay with Twitter for a little bit longer, but I don't know. Uh, you can email the show at Morning's at gmail.com. That's the best way to get in touch with me. 
We've actually had a bunch of emails come in. I, I guess I'm going to save them for next episode. But Jeff and uh, Marlin and uh, Bob, I, I see your emails coming in. So I appreciate it. But keep those emails coming in as we head towards spring training because there is definitely still a lot to talk about here. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Thank you.